Welcome to Grumpy GDPR. My name is Ria, founder of No Ties Consulting. And my name is Milos Novic. I'm an associate professor of law. Well, hello, Grumpy GDPR people, and hi, Ria. Hi, Milos. Hey, it's so good to see you. It's lovely to see you. Um, how grumpy are you today on a scale from 1 to 100? I think I have to say zero because I'm more exhausted. <laughs> oh, yeah. A familiar feeling, but uh, but this was a test. I was trying to figure out something new about you and how you're feeling. Because today <laughs> we're talking about something very special. We're kind of going back to the very basics of the grumpy GDPR yeah. and the topic we've already visited once, which is what can you ask people when you start hiring them? Personality testing. Da, da, da. Yes, my God, it's such an interesting topic. And uh, I think all around, uh, I see more and more of those things popping up. I hear stories from the students who are applying for jobs. I remember having to take them myself when I applied uh, for a privacy position. Oh, my God. Ironically enough, yes. And like a full IQ test with this is how you put the puzzle pieces together, which one is next. <laughs> Look, if there is one thing, like by now, you know how much, how little of a visual person I am. So that did not go well. Or I have no idea. Maybe it went well. Your thoughts? Maybe it did. Uh, do you, for one question first. So we did this first uh, episode uh, to call it that. This is a test, as you said. It. I checked. It was June last year. Do you think we are any wiser? <laughs> older <laughs> definitely <laughs> we have the wisdom of the ages no but my god we have been doing this for a while yeah but there are so many juicy aspects to get into here uh the question of legal basis the question of whether or not that data can be then used during your employment the question of how your employer should then can they keep an extra eye out on you if you appear to be an anarchist in that test, <laughs> uh, but also legal basis, controllership, and everything else. Yeah. Before we dive into those, though, I figured I would, uh, you know, because we agreed on the topic of today's episode, so I did a little haha test myself. I, my God, I took two for the team, and oh, uh, wow. I, yes, I did personality tests, fifty questions each. So I have actually use the time. Now, the interesting thing is I've used the test, which is marketed as the most reliable, scientifically proven. Uh, it is called the mm. big five test, which is meant to classify you into a certain personality type. The uh, validity of the test within the academic community is disputed. So there are psychologists who are saying that it's in valid. There are those who say it's not, but it tests uh, kind of five primary traits. And uh, then all of those traits are further divided into subcategories. So you get to see your results and you also get to see how the HR department is supposed to be interpreting them. So a couple of things about me. Ria, knowing me so far, would you say that I appear to be cold and hostile uh, <laughs> and others can perceive me as distant and reserved? <laughs> Well, uh, if you only read one uh, random LinkedIn post, then uh, maybe oh, slightly. <laughs> My God, I'm not distant and reserved. Come on. Sorry, I just had to. That was the story of how we met. <laughs> yes. And we will we can share that in a different episode, but absolutely 100% no. 
Yes, yes, as in we will have to get into that story, but my God. Uh, although I do feel like I've put you a bit on the spot there, we will talk about this. Uh, <laughs> what's the next one? I think, uh, yes, you also have this notion of liberalism. So on one of those tests, I was asked, I am likely to vote for a liberal political candidate. Agree? Disagree? Strongly mm -hmm. agree? Disagree? My first thought was like, oh my God, this is literally the very definition of Article 9 data. But I swallow that and I answer like I normally would. Yes, I am more likely to vote for a liberal candidate, which raises mm -hmm. my liberalism score. And then in the description, you read that psychological liberalism na, 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 is your readiness to challenge authority, uh, convention, traditional values in its extreme form, It can represent outright hostility towards rules, sympathy for lawbreakers, love of ambiguity, chaos, oh, and disorder. Gosh. Now imagine an HR person or a hiring manager who is reading this based on a couple of answers like, yes, I vote for liberal political candidates. And it gets better. So not only that, you're also thoroughly tested and given score, overall score on neuroticism, further divided into anxiety, depression, and all of those other things. Again, you oh, can take wow. this, this test for free. It's a big five test. Again, there are variations of it, but this is its general... Of course, they're collecting our data meanwhile, so it's not of entirely course. free, is it? Of course. So then for the overall neuroticism score, I can't even pronounce that, they say that if you score low on emotional stability, uh, you can be more prone to negative emotions such as anxiety, depression and anger, more reactive to stress, uh, cannot cope with pressure, uh, and may also exhibit a range of maladaptive behaviors such as substance abuse or self-harm. Sorry, Milos, I can't hire you. Okay, these were not my results. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's incredible to me that somebody, again, just think of the context. A hiring manager or an HR person is never going to take a second look into an application or a result which says this person shows a great likelihood of substance abuse and sympathy for lawbreakers, chaos and disorder. But do you know why they wouldn't uh, look at that twice anyway, or even once? Oh, I can tell you something very cynical, but please go ahead. Because they use algorithms to weed out the people that uh, they don't want to move uh, forward in the process. So I did check the, uh, of course, a few privacy notices of uh, talent services that it's called. And one of those described how they actually sort the candidates. And many of them, they wouldn't uh, even come to a second round because they're automatically taken out based on how they have responded and what ranking they yes. ended up with. So not even they wouldn't even get in front of the actual uh, client. Yeah. And the tragedy of it is that this is exactly marketed to the companies purchasing these testing services as find a person who is the right fit for the role. If you want somebody to work in sales, you want somebody uh, extroverted, aggressive, uh, or if you want somebody working with law, you want attention to detail. It makes no sense. No. And 
there is a big potential to exclude certain groups and to adhere to certain stereotypes, but we can get back into that when we start talking about the legal basis. Mm -hmm. Um, So yes, that is where we stand today. We assess people based on who they voted for. From that, we conclude that they're depressed or anxious or liberal. And from that, we conclude that they should or should not be hired. Since you mentioned algorithms, uh, is this automated decision-making with significant effect? Yeah, I would argue that. I would absolutely argue that because it could decide the future of someone, whether or not you move forward in the process. You're not guaranteed the job anyway, but you should be given the opportunity to to, to uh, position yourself for the job with a, an actual person. Right. And if that, if, considering how these tests are built, what they're built on, the non-scientific foundation i think that makes it uh, even much much worse so a couple of things there first you gave me a brilliant idea which is that if it is actually automated decision making then you do have right for human intervention meaning that you can get free psychological advice whenever you want you just take a personality (laughs) test Oh, the, the one uh, talent service, uh, they said actually that you could uh, require to get uh, a human to look at your results. Yes, and then naturally, because it's a data subject, right? They can't charge you. Yeah, and of course, you <laughs> wouldn't move forward in the process anyway, because yeah. then you're an, an obnoxious person protesting uh, everything. So um, what do you think about the legal basis on this then? Okay. So hiring and legal basis is in general problematic. First of all, we can rule out consent immediately, right? Uh, not according to the privacy notices of these um, personality uh, testers. Really? No, they have a few options. In one of them, uh, they are arguing uh, first contract yeah. with the client. Oh, God. So it's uh, the candidate uh, is entering uh, into a contract with their customer and hence that is the legal basis for the processing. But hold on, there's another one. In the same paragraph, they state that it's uh, voluntary. (laughs) And later they rely on legitimate interest. (laughs) This is a German-based talent service provider, so it's very surprising. I'm disappointed. No, okay, yeah. so consent cannot possibly, even if they consent, it's not valid consent under the GDPR. You will not feel free to say no. Um, per the very definition of freely given consent, you have to take into account the power balance. So yeah. it just cannot be taken into account. Um, I don't think so, not realistically. Uh, contractual performance. I would say both with legitimate interest and with contractual performance, the question is, is this type of test actually necessary for the job you're applying for, right? Yeah, and I don't think ever you could get away with that. I don't see how a personality test would be required when it's not scientifically 100% solid. And I had a guest lecture today um, And I asked my students about this. So I made a case actually on personality testing. And their immediate reaction to the consent part was that absolutely not. Like no way could we not consent to that processing because we wouldn't get the job. Of course. 
of course. And how can you? And then we discussed contract uh, as a basis, and it uh, it was the same. Like, how can you require something that isn't even scientifically proven? And we had a really good discussion because one raised the point of how about uh, airline pilots, for example? Wouldn't it be feasible to think that maybe you? needed to get some more insights into their psyche to make sure mm. that you have the right people uh, captaining the ship or the flight rather. Mm. And maybe you could argue that, but I really struggle with the foundation, the scientific foundation of these tests. And aren't there other ways to to validate that rather than and at least automated tests that would just weed you out on uh, the basis that mm. you scored one point too little? So I don't know. Uh, I would say that uh, I'm by no means a psychologist. Have no idea about uh, you know the degree of reliability uh, of the tests. I think that some of them are actually. I think that some of them are actually very easy to uh, argue both ways, so that they are valid or not valid. And we've seen the academic debate spring up on that quite uh, quite a lot. But one thing. In, uh, that we have to discuss here is can we, as you very much say, find the type of test which is more appropriate, find the type of test which is more fit for the role. Um, so when it comes to airline pilots, sure, test them in a high stress, psychologically high stress I'm environment. I'm sure they do. Yeah. But they, not, they probably do already, right? But don't give them a friendliness score. So that is... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Are there any airline pilots out there? Please enlighten us. Uh, were you rigorously tested uh, on your mental capabilities before you got to uh, to fly a plane? So I think that just looking into the purposes of processing here, contractual necessity and legitimate interest both call for uh, actual necessity of processing. Mm. The purpose limitation uh, principle calls for it. Uh, and to that regard... I think that ability tests can be perfectly fine. You can give me a yeah. case on GDPR, but again, giving me uh, anxiety and friendliness score is most certainly not going to be actually necessary nor proportional. And I have a nugget for us. Uh, so in 1970, there was a case before the Supreme Court of the United States we both know how employment law is in the United States. Yeah. And we also know, so this is from the time when the court, the Supreme Court actually used the N-word to write about black people. So that is how old the judgment is. But mm. it says that the touchstone when deciding whether the testing is legal is business necessity. If an employment practice uh, is taking place, it, if it cannot be shown that it's necessary or related to the job, performance, the practice of using a test is prohibited. And then the court just says we cannot see how the general intelligence test has any relationship with the successful performance of the job. The job was coal loading at the electricity plant. Uh, mm. The company had to, according to the court, uh, actually establish the relevance for the job performing ability. My question to you, why yeah. is this happening? Why is this still happening? Yeah, and why is it increasing? Because what year was that? 1970 in the United States. That <laughs> is 
mind-blowing because I only hear that this is increasing in the job market. Many have told me lately that this is they are required to do this testing for every single job they're applying to. And I've never done it uh, in in a recruitment process. I've done it while on the job and I was fine with it at the time. Uh, not that uh, uh, damaged by all the privacy and data protection I've been doing for the last few years. But I think you raised an important point here about the purpose. So let's go back to the purpose. What is the purpose of the processing? And as uh, the working party said in 2013, that purpose specification is absolutely essential to then do the other data protection obligations. And as you mentioned to me the other day, the Article 5 analysis, you can't do anything without knowing what the purpose is. So what would you say that they argue the purpose is here? I would just say probably um, I have no idea. (laughs) I would say probably I have no idea. Um, I guess finding the most suitable candidate for the role. In what, in terms of what? Because what I struggle with is the way that they phrase this question. So I found a list of big five. I am the life of the party. That is one. <laughs> uh, I feel little concern for others. Yeah, that might be irrelevant. I have a rich vocabulary. Well, if you need to work with the GDPR, you need to know what. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk a lot. Seldom feel blue. I mean, how are these questions? relevant in the job setting that we're talking about. So in which jobs are these all these questions relevant? And, and they're all relying on the same test. As you say, it's the most uh, widely used one. And I really struggle to understand um, how is it relevant if I have a huge vocabulary, if I am working on, I don't know, electric stuff or driving a car or doing business analytics do i need a rich vocabulary for any type of job unless you're a a language teacher and as you say it's all relative like what is a rich vocabulary like i I don't know if i would say yes i have a rich vocabulary You, you know rich as to compared as as to assessed against what so yeah. it's it's very, and are you hiring friends or are we hiring skilled people to do a certain job because i feel a lot of these questions uh, try to pinpoint what you are how you are as a person in certain social settings for example but how important is that actually for the job that you're hiring for do you so, want a skilled project manager who is capable of actually taking action and ensuring progress in the project? Or do you want someone who spends uh, one and a half hour at lunch trying to please everybody that they're working with? Well, I guess they would tell you this is going to show you whom to avoid. <laughs> but okay, <laughs> uh, we can we can just conclude that legal basis-wise, we very much suspect that these tests don't work. Uh, I think legal basis-wise, skill-based tests or like specific field-specific tests are not problematic. Mm, and there I would agree. actually argue contractual necessity, I think, rather than legitimate interest. Why? Um, because if a contract that you're entering into calls for certain kind of qualifications, you might want to check whether or not the person actually has those qualifications. I don't know. 
mostly because legitimate interest can be very tricky because you could very easily argue here as well that um, that in certain cases the data subjects are going to have such a vested interest in not holding, say, a trial lecture or not working on a GDPR case. Not sure. But let's go back to contract. I just have to double check here. But um, So the processing is necessary for performing a contract that is already exists. Or but Do uh, you have a contract? No, you don't have is, a contract with the applicants. No, there is the other alternative. Or to enter into a contract, uh, I don't recall immediately. Uh, so let's say to... Um, enter into a contract with data subject requested or something along those lines. Or in order to take steps at the request of the data subject prior to entering into a contract. Yeah. And so, I, how would you, you know, a, a, data, a job applicant is not going to instruct the controller to perform the personality tests on their No, but they approach request. them in order for the contract to be formed. So basically, if you walk into a store and you want to form a contract, then even though there is no contract in place yet, they can use the data to... Uh, be able to enter into a contract. Oh yeah, all of that is more of a, I feel, high-level discussion, but... Yeah, no, I think it has to be on the request of the data subject, so I can't see that you could use contract in this setting anyway. But um, I would say request not for data processing, but request to enter into a contract. Okay, huh. we'll, uh, we'll have to revisit that, but yes. I, um, I don't think that you can rely on that, so... Uh, no. Uh, it's the same with credit check it checks that you can't rely rely on that uh, because it has to be on the request of the data subject. Uh, but let's move on to legitimate interest yes. then. Is it legitimate? I would say for uh, this general, how friendly, anxious, critical you are. Nope. For skill specific, yes. Yeah, I agree. I think. Uh, that you could absolutely rely on legitimate interest. And I've done those tests um, myself when uh, being in the recruitment process. And I think that is uh, uh, absolutely fine. I didn't have any issues with it. I was given a case. I presented the case um, to a group of people after. And of course, yeah, I was super happy because I got a job. But <laughs> I didn't see any... Uh, challenges around that because it's not it doesn't feel invasive in any way it's just for you to demonstrate what skills you have yeah so one more issue then controllers and processors role assessment my instinct is of course to say that it's the lines here get so blurred typically you would think right uh, data controller is the one hiring data processor is the one uh, spitting out the test results. But yeah. you showed me something interesting. Yes. Um, as I mentioned, I've read a few of these privacy notices and they mix up so uh, much different stuff here. Because if you look at it, so the, uh, the ones doing the actual hiring are obviously the controllers here. So no doubt about that. Mm. Then you could uh, hire... Uh, someone to help you in the recruitment process. And here they could act both as, as joint controllers and as a processor, depending on the context and what data they are collecting and how they're collecting it and all that good stuff. But what's interesting here is that I see many of these personality testing companies, they describe themselves 
as a processor in mm. some paragraphs. And then they go on to describe themselves as a controller, not even a joint controller. So they mix it up. And also what uh, blew my mind here was one of those uh, companies, they, they actually have a privacy notice for the job applicants. So they start by describing that they are the processor and they have a privacy notice, which I <laughs> found confusing to begin with. And then they go on to underline that they are the processor. And uh, a little bit down in the privacy notice, they start talking about the, the, um, the data that they collect and that they are asking for consent in various settings. My God, it's a mess. Yeah. It really is a mess. So at least make up your mind. It, uh, no, it's it's incredible. I, I cannot believe that there is so little, uh, you know, structure to this system. And to me, honestly, I would really love to. And I mean, I would insist nearly on um, on somebody submitting a complaint or seeing a case about this because I think that this affects so many people every yeah. single day, much more than you know. Uh, let's say, a few cases we've seen recently. So I think that this is a problem which has to be addressed as soon as possible. Yeah, and you said uh, it could um, lead to discrimination, and I absolutely agree 100% on that, because what about um, neurodivergent people, for example? Uh, people who have ADHD uh, are on the autism spectrum, for example. How would the, these people score on these generic tests, personality tests that are aimed at uh, neurotypical people. Mm. You know, there is a, a significant risk of discriminating people using this. And uh, we talk so much about diversity at the workplace. This is also the same thing here. You mm. risk discrimination. And I think it's lazy of companies mm. on relying on personality testing, not bothering to do the recruitment process properly themselves. Well, I think that uh, there is actually a lot of research showing that women also disproportionately suffer from these tests because they're more likely to score lower on the assertiveness uh, scale, statistically, yeah. in men. Um, there's also a cultural aspect to it, right? So it's... Um, on the other hand, you could always argue that... Um, you know, employers are using it as a part of the process. You can interpret the results of these tests however you want. Maybe if you really dislike or like a candidate, you're always going to be able to find something in that test. But there is a systemic problem there and there is a problem of discrimination. So is this our most hated practice so far? Yes. Yes, I agree. I think so. <laughs> this is, uh, this is uh, uh, from last year. I don't know if I'm wiser, but I'm grumpier when it comes yes. to personality testing. And I hope that whomever is doing any type of recruitment, please reconsider how you actually practice this. And uh, to wrap up, I would encourage you to give your feedback. Tell us how how is your experience with personality testing? Do you have any juicy stories to share? What do you feel about them? And is there a legal basis? 
And on that note, we are wrapping up the only single time when we actually felt the need to do an episode uh, again, after like a <laughs> recap episode uh, due to extra grumpiness. So I'm going to go and work on my, what am I doing today? I think I will work on my uh, friendliness and yes. yes, friendliness. And I'll help grumpiness. you with that uh, yes. right after we've logged off here. Uh, thank you so <laughs> much and see everybody and talk with everybody soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye.